every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Man, I gotta say, as much as that game outcome is basically the worst possible scenario, like lose, blowing the lead, losing, and getting the loser point is like, ugh. I will say for one night, it was kind of fun to uh, to care about the outcome of a game. Like so many games now, I'm just rooting for them to lose. I'm just waiting to get to the post game. I know we're not even going to talk about the game. It's more about big picture stuff. But I did, for a lot of this game, enjoy caring about the actual outcome and hoping, believing that they could possibly win. Um God damn, man. It sucks. Uh, Drew's probably last uh, last Penguins game as a captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, he gets the goal, makes a nice play, and then it ends the way it does. Uh, you know, him in overtime, play goes the other way, bang, Penguins win. Crosby gets his 500. It was uh, poetic, if you want to say, like, no matter what, the Penguins are just always there. Crosby just always kind of overshadowing G. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of bigger picture things with uh, Giroux tomorrow on BSH Radio um, and up until the trade deadline because really what else is there to talk about? It's more about that than anything else. But I'm a little bummed by the loss, uh, especially once it goes to over. Like I've said all along, losses are wins, but tonight was like a one-night reprieve. Uh, you know, you're playing the Penguins. It's Crosby's night. I wanted to beat them in in their home rink the night Crosby scores his 500th, G scores the goal, all that stuff. I was really hoping for at least a uh, – I mean, Jesus, if that's a Cinderella ending, you know what I mean. It, you know, it doesn't matter, but it kind of did tonight. I wish they could have pulled this one out, especially once it gets to fucking overtime. Like, goddamn loser points. Uh, you know, why? Why would you just give up the fifth one in regulation and everyone, you know, at least we continue to march towards the third worst record in the NHL, you know? Uh, but it is what it is, as I hate when people say, but it is what it is. Uh, this team is just very bad. I did appreciate the effort tonight. It did seem like it mattered for this team. Uh, like there was a little extra buzz, whether it's, you know, Crosby's night, playing the Penguins, 
Giroux rumors, all this stuff. It did seem like it mattered to them, and I'm happy about that. Like, I want them to not win. But also, there are guys on this team, like Scott Lawton, uh, who are going to be here as we move forward. We've all, you know, kind of said we would like for them to rebuild, but I live in reality, and since it doesn't seem like they're going to do that, you know, players like uh, Limblom, Lawton, the guys who are going to be here, I want to see more out of them. Travis Konechny over the last few weeks has looked, while maybe a little snake bitten, maybe a little apprehensive to shoot, has looked a lot more like Travis Konechny, so that's a good sign. And ultimately losing is probably for the best, but uh, wanted this one. Wanted this one. Uh, They don't get it kind of uh, an encapsulation of Claude Giroux's tenure here. He does some good stuff, but it isn't enough, and ultimately they lost to Crosby and the Penguins. What else is new? All right, let's see what everyone else has to say. Let's lead it off with Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hey, another fascinating game tonight. You know, it's amazing. Uh, Crosby scores 500th goal tonight. Giroux doesn't even have 300. Which shows you how good Crosby is. Yeah, and that's a, a great player. That's an interesting like. I want to bring up on the show tomorrow when I have the whole crew on BSH Radio, like sort of the unfair. Like he gets compared. He's in the division with not only like a star. Like it's not even like he's Patrick Kane on the other side of the state. It's fucking Crosby, who's one of the best players we're ever going to see. And then, oh, yeah, like Ovechkin, too, like, you know, the best goal scorer of all time. And it's just like that little bit of unfairness. Some Like certain things I want to ask the crew tomorrow, and I'm going to give you plenty of time, Warren. Don't worry. Uh, like I want to ask the crew, like – Obviously, if we could change things, we'd get Drew a sniper. We'd have a good goalie. Maybe we'd keep the 2011 core together. But goddamn, if I could change one thing about Drew's tenure, maybe it's just Laviolette not calling him the best player in the world and, like, that suddenly being the bar for him because, like, comparing him to Sidney Crosby, no one compares to Crosby. Look at the – it's it's just crazy, and the dude is so fucking good. It, it's – yeah, it is unbelievable, but you know, it was unbelievable. I don't know how the Flyers didn't win tonight. They had to really try hard not to. I mean, that third, second period, like they cannot string more than 20 minutes of good hockey together uh, in a game. And, you know, obviously that's, uh, that's a lack of talent. I think, uh, you know, a lot of injuries, obviously. I mean, you know, you don't want to use that as an excuse, but, you know, some of the younger players, I thought, you know, played pretty well tonight. Then they make, you know, Radcliffe shot the puck into the stands. So that didn't help matters. But no, it didn't. What are your thoughts? Um, I've been hearing a lot about Colorado. I, I don't see that as a trade match with Giroux. I don't, they don't seem to want to give up any of their better prospects. Then I was hearing tonight a little bit about Florida, which we were Carolina or St. Louis or Minnesota. I just feel like there's a, there's better teams to that match up with a trade. Uh, you know, we need to somehow get something out of this. I, yeah, no, the, the Giroux trade is going to be the most important turning point in this franchise since maybe, uh, you know, uh, drafting Carter Hart and before that, the Forsberg trade. Like, these are important things that are going to set the franchise in a certain direction. And 
right now Colorado doesn't want to give up whatever teams. That's why like, the, the deadline is still over a month away. It's like six weeks away. As these things start to come closer into picture, like Colorado needs, you know, they need another defenseman. Maybe they want a goalie. I didn't see, uh, uh, maybe the game hasn't even started. Pavel Franco has been real good for them. Um, but it, it's, uh, teams will be more willing to part with things as the deadline approaches. Yeah. Right now, it's all in negotiation. It's like, yeah, we're not going to give up anything. And then you see what Tyler Toffoli went for. It's like, if you can get Claude Giroux for a $4 million cap hit, you're going to give up a lot when you're – like, your window is now for a lot of these teams, especially the ones you mentioned, um, the yep. Central Division teams, and then Florida, even Tampa, Carolina. Like these are the teams that can win the cup this year. They should not be thinking about anything other than winning the cup this year. You know, Colorado has had a lot of choke jobs the last few years, and so there's going to be a lot of pressure as they get further, you know, over the next month. You know, they have to protect themselves against injuries. You know, McKinnon, I think, was just out. And he, he's missed a, a lot of time this year. Get hurt. He has a tendency to get hurt. If I were them, I'd be really looking at this, not just, you know, uh, because if they lose Drew to Minnesota or St. Louis, they, that could give them an advantage. Yeah, no, that's like this central division, while Colorado is the class of it, you're starting to see Minnesota, St. Louis kind of separate themselves and starting to join that elite group even uh calgary started the year great had a bit of a lull and now man with i know vegas is introducing eichel but they lose stone for maybe the rest of the season like calgary could win the pacific they're kind of joining that elite group of contenders too so it's tight there's there's a bunch of teams that are going to be involved and they're going to look to separate themselves. The Flyers yeah. have to take advantage, not just with Giroux, but with Risto as long as he gets healthy and all the veterans with one year on their deal. Yeah, one thing I don't understand and is Morgan Frost, and I think he's got some talent, but Oof. he just seems so tentative out there. And I'm watching this Ratcliffe, who has really struggled for two, you know a few years in the minor leagues, and he looks like a better player right now than That's, Frost. It's really crazy. Guys like, I mean, it's a shame what happened to Mayhew. Hopefully he gets back in the lineup. But you're seeing guys like Mayhew take advantage of the situation. Lawton, we've seen step up in this situation many times before, and he continues to. One of their best players this year. Uh, and, yeah, like Isaac Ratcliffe, who hasn't been anything special at all in the AHL, trying to make the most of this. And then you see Morgan Frost and – God, I don't know what he is. Like, that's a question again that's going to come up. Like, what do you th- on on the show tomorrow? What is Morgan Frost? Because right now, like, obviously he's not special, but at this point, I don't know if he's a contributor in the future. Yeah, one of the things I'm really interested to see is what direction they go in with the coach because they really need a coach that can really work with these these players. You can't get rid of all these guys. He, they need someone that can get the most out of these players, and I'm not. Sure, that's happened. I'm not, you know, I think it's a com. All that this whole disaster is a combination of, you know, just the whole organizational failure, which includes yeah, the, the coaches they brought in too. So I've been really interested to see if they can bring someone good in to get the most out of these players. I, I agree, Warren, and thanks a lot. Like it's, uh, it's very hard to evaluate any particular sect of the organization like the development the the talent evaluators the minor league coaches the pro coaches 
because it seems like a failure of at every level. It's hard to say like what's working and what isn't. Obviously, nothing's actually working, but uh, I'm interested to see what they do with coach as well. It's pretty clear Mike Yo is not going to be the guy. Um, we'll see what direction they go in, but it's going to be one of the more eventful and important off seasons in team history. Uh, Chris Prochak. Hey, Bill. How's it going, man? How are you tonight, Chris? I'm all right. Uh, man, you said it at the beginning. Today was just like the one night you want to see a win, and, and like, I'm you, can, you for can get losses. away with rooting for it. Yeah, I'm rooting for losses every night. If they had won tonight and lost out, that would be the absolute perfect trajectory of this season. But not only do they lose, they get the loser point, which is even worse somehow. Oh, my God, I know. And, and you know, it's like – all right, they're up 4-2. I'm having some fun watching the game, thinking, like, all right, it's always nice to beat the Penguins. Then they go to overtime, and it's just – you can't even lose the right way. And then Giroux with the turnover – like, it's just It's got to so be poetic. G. Like, that's – it's got to be G who did it. Like, it couldn't have been – it couldn't have been fucking Konechny or Gandal or something. Like, it had to be G who fell down. And it's just, like, it's so poetic because you kind of just feel like this trade is – it's just a matter of when, not if – and, you know, the game-winning goal is Giroux, turnover, and then he's skating down the ice, kind of beating on the play already, nothing he can do, and you just see him skating away after a loss. It's just like, that's how it's going to end. That's really how the Flyers-Pens rivalry with G is going to end. It's just so, it's unfortunate, you know? Like, everything that's happened between that 2012 playoff series and now happened in the game tonight like the consecutive score a goal give up a goal give up two consecutive goals to blow a lead like uh, all this little shit like it all happened in front of us in real time tonight and it's like yeah this era is going out with a fucking whimper yeah tonight was just a microcosm of it um but let me ask you a question uh I mean, so like I said, this trade seems all but inevitable, and you see the rumors popping up that it seems like Giroux's already had that conversation with Fletcher and clearly has some teams in mind. Do you think uh, this is probably closer than we think, or do you think this is something that comes down to like 3 o'clock on deadline day? Because I'm starting to get the sense that maybe they just want to rip this Band-Aid off and, and get this over with. That's I'm kind of hoping it doesn't. Like, I was looking at the schedule tonight, and tonight, I believe, was game 988 for Claude Giroux as a flyer. And that uh, that 12th game to get to uh, 1,000 is a home game against Nashville on a Thursday before the deadline. The deadline's Monday. I believe it's a Thursday game. It's at home. Um, Wouldn't be shocked if it's that night or the following day, something like that. But at, at this point now... One, I just want to get G out of here healthy. And two, G's not doing anything but, like, you know what? If he's not in the lineup tonight, they lose in regulation. Like, he's one of our few good players. <laughs> he, yeah. he's, he, all he's going to do is contribute to overtime losses at this point. So, like, I, I, I want the fans to get that at least, like, Thursday uh, against the Caps. Hopefully that's G's last game here. Like the fans get one last chance to say goodbye and then he's gone and he's healthy and we get the full boat return for him. Uh, but part of me thinks it's going to be after the thousandth game. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. And I don't know if that's the wisest move because not that 
you know, not that he's been an injury prone player, but it could happen. And what would be more flyers than him getting injured right before the trade deadline? No, absolutely. Um, like, that would be like he get like that that Thursday against Nashville. He gets run from behind or something. And yeah. then like, yeah, like and I don't want to even put that out into the world. It's just where my mind goes. Twelve exactly. games in the NHL is a lot of fucking games. The guy plays 20 minutes a night and he doesn't like he doesn't loaf. He tries really hard for some reason still. Like, yeah, anything yeah. can happen. It's a contact sport. And, and I'm also wondering, too, like, uh, we got to get this trade right. We got to get the return right. And that price might scare some teams off. And you might see a Colorado who seems hesitant to to part with some of their higher end uh, young players. They might want to go elsewhere, you know, and they might say, like, all right, well, if we can't get a Giroux, we'll get the second or third best rental on the market and call it a day. And then you're in a bidding war against maybe one or two teams and you kind of shot yourself in the foot. So part of me just says, you know, get get him out of here, put him out of his misery, maximize your return and just turn the page, you know. I agree, but also I do think, and thanks a lot, Chris. Like I do think suddenly Calgary having a real shot uh, to kind of join that that next group. Like all year, I thought the elite teams were Colorado, Carolina, um, Colorado, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, and then Vegas mostly on reputation and like if they get the goaltending in it. But you can throw Vegas in that group too. Uh, because like betting wise, I mean, they've been the co-favorite in the West and to win the cup all year, but those five teams, four or five teams, you know, I kind of thought were it in terms of who's going to win the cup, but suddenly that central division, we're looking at, uh, we're looking at the blues and, um, the wild kind of stepping up into that next tier. They were like good, but you didn't know how good. And it's starting to seem like those teams, are taking that next step. And then, like I said, Calgary in the Pacific, especially with, yes, Jack Eichel's joining Vegas, but Mark Stone's out of lineup for God knows how long. So, like, a real window opens up there for Calgary. So I think there are more teams in the fray, and then, of course, that means more teams looking to go all in than perhaps there were a week or two ago. Uh, Chris H., Chris H., you're live in the post game. Oh, hey, Bill, how you doing? How are you tonight, Chris? Uh, I've been good. Uh, I haven't watched the last few games because it's been really hard to watch this team this season. <laughs> tonight, I will say, like, was an exciting, fun game. Like, it sucks the way it ended, but I got into it. Like, I actually enjoyed watching the game tonight. It wasn't just, all right, let me see what the fuck Yandel does so I can make fun of it in post game. Like, I actually enjoyed watching the team play tonight. Yeah, the team looked good. They were trying hard. I mean,. They just – the problem with the team is it's like sometimes they just lack concentration and they just – like that goal with Chad Ruedel, who was even covering him? I mean, he's just wide open in the slot. Nobody's around him. I'm like, okay, we're just not playing defense, I guess. But that that's what this team does. They just don't have the talent and concentration right now to – overcome some of these mistakes and that's like part of watching this team right now is while like i'm frustrated with the outcome tonight but like the penguins are a fringe cup contender and the flyers have you know i went through the lineup after last game how many actual nhl players in their lineup like we're talking about scott law scott lawton is a guy who stands out and over the last few years scott lawton has established himself as a guy i want on my team every day of the week but when he's, like, the dude, 
uh, yeah, you're probably not that good. And at this point, like, it's just they don't have the horses. They don't have anything close to the requisite amount of talent. Like, Isaac Ratcliffe is making the most of his situation. But this is a dude who, in the AHL, we're all looking at, like, oh, man, does he just not have it? That sucks because we were kind of banking on him being something. And now he's doing something here that's good. But also it kind of tells you what the talent level of everyone else is. Yeah, and I mean, my I only have one issue with this team, and I want to see some of these young guys give a bigger opportunity. Like Cam York, bring him up. I mean, he he does he has yeah. nothing to prove in the AHL. You know, you, him getting hurt in the AHL was the biggest. Like, I don't know how serious he might even be back. I don't know, but I just know right after the break, it was like, oh, he'll be up in a game or two. It's fine. And then he played one AHL game and got fucking hurt. It was like, well, why? <laughs> Why are we wasting this? This is pointless. Cam York is going to be an NHL defenseman, and we need him to be a pretty good one. If not a first-pair guy, like at at least a second-pair contributor, he's not going to learn to do that in the AHL. He's going to learn to do it here because here is where he needs to be. Yeah, like the plan that, you know, that they brought up when they were talking, when Chuck and everybody was talking, they said, you know, we want to have these young guys contribute, but you're not giving everybody an opportunity. We're in a season where we're, we're basically for the draft lottery. So to me, you know, Morgan Frost, he hasn't done anything. Put him on the first line. I want to see what he has. You know, if he's a bust, then he's a bust. Then we know that we, he, we can't rely on him next season. Give him all the opportunities you can. And, you know, York, you know, when he comes back, you know, AHL, who cares about his AHL development? We need to know what he has now because you have to plan around that. And this is the season to do it. It's like an MLB season where the team's, you know, done. They bring up, you know, some guys at the end of the season. Yeah, we are, we are September 1st Phillies. Like, it's over. Bring up the fucking players who's – like, the, the AHL, I don't care if they forfeit every game from here on out. Like, I, like Matt Strom should be their first line forward. Like, I don't care. Like, we need to see whoever, whoever you think might have NHL upside needs to be here just to see. I don't think any of these guys are anything particularly special. Some of them might be nice pieces. Uh, you know, lower in the lineup, fine, you're going to need those guys too. But, like, there's zero point in playing so many of these players that, the, you know, like three minutes for Zach McEwen tonight or whatever the hell it was. Like, I like Zach McEwen a lot. If there's anyone in the AHL who can play those five, six minutes, let's see it at this point. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, my last thing is, you know, the scary thing moving towards the future is we're not giving the young guys a chance now, but the more scary thing is we have guys like Coots and Hayes getting surgeries and Coots with his back surgery. That's worrying to me because he's entering an eight-year contract with a no-move clause. That's not going nowhere. So if his back is acting up now, you know, he's not 26-year-old. We signed Coots, you know, like he was 26. Coots is going to be 30 on an eight-year contract. I don't know why he was given an eight-year contract. I understand, you know, you got to show loyalty to guys, but... To me, Coots is like a – I love Coots. At this point in his career, he should be the 2C. There should be a 1C above him that drives offense. Like, he's never been a point-per-game player. He's not in – I mean, when he was playing earlier in the year, he wasn't really driving a ton of offense with all these opportunities, and he might have been hurt. But his body's been breaking down the last two seasons. That's not a good sign as we move forward. No, and, like, just think about 
think about what Sean Couturier is. Like, he's not the fastest skater. I know he's not, like, physical throw-the-body type player, but his whole game is the physicality of body positioning and defense and making play go the other way. He was never very fast to begin with. And also, it's like, look at Patrice Bergeron, like, uh, you know, eras before uh, Keith Primo, Rod Brendamore, guys who play that role. Yeah. They're fucking jacked. Like, they're big dudes. Couturier's tall, but he's not, like, the most powerful guy. His body might not be able to play this way, and he's already got, you know, he's been here since he was 18. He's already got a lot of hard miles on him. And, yeah, like his ideal role is, sure, he can be a 1C if you have two offensive studs on each side of him, or hopefully you have someone as good as him but, like, more offensive-oriented to be that 1C to drive offense. But, like, either way, whatever, now you're just banking on him making – I don't want to be just pessimistic because, oh, he's hurt and fire, bad things happen to the Flyers, and like that's not analysis. But if I had to bet on it, I would bet Sean Couturier is never the same again. It's his fucking back. Like Kevin Hayes, I expect at some point to be close to what we saw the first year of Kevin Hayes here in terms of a good, solid 2C, like that sort of player. But I don't know what the hell at all to expect from Sean Couturier now. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk. Um, let you go after this, but I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, you have him with back injuries. You got Ryan. You know, we're banking on Ryan Ellis. He hasn't even played this year. We don't even yeah, know I what mean, his problem is. Ryan Ellis, like I, I, what are we supposed to expect from him at all? Like, if he stays healthy, cool. But throughout his career, like his. He's he misses games like even in his big years where he's genuinely like somewhat healthy. He plays like 65, 70 games like, you know, it's you're banking on a whole lot from guys who haven't given you much reason for optimism. Yeah. And and on top of that, you know, Ellis doesn't have a Roman Yossi next to him. Yeah, you're expecting him to really carry the load. Like, maybe if he stays healthy, sure, you can, I guess, play Provorov with him. But we have learned over these last several seasons, Ivan Provorov is not a true first-pair defenseman. Like, that is the case. Him and Sanheim on a second line, yeah, sure, whatever. But how many defense? like, they need... Ellis to stay healthy and another first pair defenseman if they're going to actually have a good defense. <laughs> well, I'll let you go, Bill. Have a nice night. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Take it easy. Uh, we're only through a few callers. I'm already. Oh, Steph's here. Let me let Steph in. Didn't see you. Uh, Steph Driver, how are you? This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds 
Great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Oh, my goodness, William. I've been sitting here waiting to yell I... at you about how tonight's game was actually good. No. Losing yes. it over time is bad. No, listen. Listen. We want them to lose. They lost. They we made want them fun. to lose. No, no, no. We they want them it. to lose in regulation. I know. I know. The idiots went and got a fucking loser point, but really, it's fine because Tonight, it, was, it was a fun game. It was a fun was. game. We all won money on Sidney Crosby, and they still lost. This was imagine. Good. Imagine not betting on Crosby to score tonight. Like this was the easiest money. Possibly ever. This was like just going up to someone and asking like, oh, plus 128, plus 140 to score. Like this is like, hey, if I hand you a dollar, will you hand me 350? Like this is like (laughs) it was the easiest money of all time. But tonight was the one night where I wanted them to win. I got into the game. It was fun. I wanted them to win tonight and lose out for the rest of the season. An overtime loss was the worst case scenario of this game. win or then lose in regulation. That was it. Those were your options. They chose neither. A shootout loss would have been the worst case scenario. (sighs) At least we didn't have to watch a shootout though. So I guess you're right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I, so I got an, let me go back. Apparently sports betting is illegal in Georgia still. And I I live in Georgia. So you were, my second text, but my the first illegal bookie in Pennsylvania <laughs> was able to place my bet for me. Outstanding. You going to hang out? You want to take some calls? I sure do. All right. Let's get to Harris Barnes. Harris, you're live on the post game. Uh, Bill, Steph, how are you guys doing? I'm having a good- great night. I thought that this was a wonderful outcome. Bill, you do it, was almost, it was almost right. Like, I, I can't – like, I, wins or losses, I've been saying it all year, or at least since, like, December, but this was the one. This was the one you were allowed to win. Um, yeah. Um, it, as soon as the Penguins tie at 4-4, I mean, I basically knew this was ending in a Penguins win in OT or they're winning in a shootout. Like, I, I just didn't think the Flyers were going to uh, – like overcome that and win. I really like to see Lawton score. Uh, like he continues to play well, so that's a good sign. The in Bill, you do have a good point with the. Uh, I mean, I guess it shouldn't matter this year, but um, if you remember with like getting OT loss points, the reason why that's bad. Like if you remember 2014, 15, they they had 18 OT loss points. If you just cut out most of those and you just have a little bit of a worse team, if you actually sell more at that point instead of just doing nothing then you're probably picking Marner or maybe even McDavid because they had 18 OT loss points. Yeah. And I like, I will say, however, that like, what was it? Oh yeah. Oh six, oh seven. They won 22 games. They were the worst team by far and didn't get the first pick. So maybe they'll have some lottery luck. Of course, lottery luck has not worked for us recently, but they're due. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and I, I think the thing with Frost is, and I like to see what you guys think of this, but I always think of guys like Frost who are scorers coming out of junior, um, 
they either have to translate that right away and continue to be a scorer, but that's hardly an NHL level. So these guys are coming in young who have to go through the AHL and try to score, but they have to adjust and bring something else and put something else in their bag, so to speak, and become a full 200-foot player. And that kind of separates the guys like Ryan O'Reilly, who's a 200-foot player, versus a guy like Matt Pumple, who could never get it together. He's a big scorer, but couldn't put it together in the NHL. And I think that's what Frost needs to do. He needs to be like, okay, I might not be that scorer I was in Sault Ste. Marie, and I need to add other things to my bag if I want to be able to play in the NHL for a long time. Like He's going to have to learn how to penalty kill. Yeah, I like... Looking at Frost now, and Steph, like, I'm going to ask this on the show tomorrow. I already sent you guys the outline, and and it's just, what is Morgan Frost? Like, I have no idea what this guy's ultimate ceiling is. A couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, you know, he's going to be, like, the world's best 38-point player. Like, we're going to expect more out of him, and it's not going to happen, but he's going to be able to contribute some, you know, enhance a power play do some little things and be ultimately like a third, a decent third liner. Now I just don't know what he is at all. You remember in Scott Lawton's early career, how out I was on him. Yes. That's how I feel about Morgan Frost right now. And I, I acknowledge that he's talented. I acknowledge that it's there. I just don't have any excitement about him at all. And I hate that. Um, I, I think for optimism's sake, though, that's a decent comparison because we saw them. We saw the hokey pokey with Lawton up and right. down in the AHL. He'd have, you know, he'd come up. He wasn't effective, and for a while he kind of just toiled. And now, to Harris's point, he has. He's got more tricks in his bag, and he is, like I said at the top of the show, he can play for my team any day of the week. So perhaps. I- Frost has that in him. And I would be thrilled because right now Scott Lawton is the best player on the Flyers. I've been saying it for two months now, and we love him. I no longer think he's a bust. (laughs) Scott Lawton, I mean. So, like, that would be cool. But then again, is that, like, is that really what we want Morgan Frost to turn out to be? I'll take anything at this point. Like, yeah. NHL player is is good. That's a good. That's yeah. a good. <laughs> that's a good floor. And Bill um, and Steph to the um, point about like Drew and the rumors of him being traded. Uh, I think it's good that um, for Chuck Fletcher that St. Louis and Minnesota are also in the running because in theory that's going to drive up. Yeah, it's going to drive up oh. his trade value. And I could see honestly not just those three. I could see even. Nashville or Dallas to a lesser extent, I could see the entire central of the good teams being interested in him because all those teams are competitive and all those teams are pretty good. I mean, I don't really see Dallas doing it, but I mean, if uh, I mean they want to trade Klingberg and there's other pieces they could throw in, but like if you're trading to Colorado, just uh, first off, you trade Giroux and um, Braun to Colorado, you're getting back Justin Barron, Tyson Jost, and then like, New Hook or Olison and and like those are those are good pieces. Like you're you're giving a lot. I mean, you're going to have to retain salary and whatnot, but like you can get Jost who's a solid guy on the third line and then you get some solid prospects like Olison is good like Forster insurance if Forster can't do it. Uh like you're you're not going to get those top end 
prospects most likely, but you're going to get like very good ones. Colorado has a lot. You could get an Adam Beckman from the wild. Um, so I think the value is going to be driven up just by more teams being interested. So if Chuck Fletcher doesn't screw it up, he can put a good trade together, especially if he packages Braun together there too. And that's like, that's the other part of like, Oh, the return for G like it doesn't have to just be G. First of all, you can cover 50% of the salary and you can do the same for Justin Braun. And then you're getting, you know, two really good NHL players for, you know, $6 million, like some salary will have to come back, obviously, even, you know, with the reduced price, but hold on, just pause. Um, All of the trade talk, like it was Michael Russo from the athletic in Minnesota said today that Drew and the flyers are saying that this, none of this is true. They have to say that. I, I mean, yeah, but, it's all a negotiation. Like everything's not true until it is. Like right, but like, we had if, if we had reports only... coming out during the James Harden trade from like the most reliable port reporter in the NBA for the last ten years that okay. it wasn't. Is, they weren't even talking. Is Adrian Dater the most reliable reporter in the NHL? But what I'm saying is, like, Woj in the NBA for the last decade has been the man. And two days before the trade, he said they're not even talking. And then, like, so, like, it's all a negotiation. It's all a media ploy. I don't believe any of what I hear, but I do believe there's something going on. I, I, I am nowhere near as confident as everyone seems to be. Like, we're still over a month away from the trade deadline. Sure, there was a trade yesterday, but that was nothing. I mean, it was a pretty big trade. Yeah, it was a big trade for February when the trade deadline isn't for another month. But It's like six weeks, yeah. It's, Montreal's it's, setting the market. Right, but... Like we're just, we're not there yet. We're we're not there. It's not going to happen now. And and journalists are talking about this and spreading rumors themselves because it drives traffic. It's true. You're but not like, wrong. I, I You're know. not wrong, but they're not this just is, making my, it up. This is my career. No, they, they. I'm telling you, it drives traffic. Certainly, but they can't just make it up because then no one will talk to them ever again. It's got to come from somewhere, even if it's one semi-reliable source. Like, there's not a doubt in my mind that Chuck Fletcher has been on the phone with Joe Sackick at some point in the last two weeks. And Friedman talked about it, like, on Hockey Night in Canada. So, like, there's there's something there. Like, how true it is, I don't know, but there's something there. And, and to your point, Bill, like taking back salary, if you take a back a bad salary, you can get even more from it. Like if you're yeah. if you're taking back Victor Rask from Minnesota, like you're act, you're not going to get Matt, Matt Boldy, but like you're going to get Adam Beckman and like you can get even more. I don't know, Carson Lambos, but like you could get more and more. And like this could be really good if Chuck Fletcher does not screw it up, which I know you're worried about. Well, sure. I mean, it's the most. Regardless of what's true and what isn't in terms of rumors right now, the fact is Claude Giroux is one of the best players in franchise history. They have to trade him, and the trade will determine in some way the direction of the franchise. Like the Forsberg trade set in motion the most successful Flyers run of the last 20 years. They need to do something along those lines. Uh, yeah, for sure. And 
I, I honestly, I like the the comparisons that people are making between Drew and Ray Bork, especially if he goes to um, Colorado. But like, if Drew goes to Colorado, Colorado's so talented, but playoff hockey is so different from regular season hockey. Like, Colorado could just run into a team that's very well rounded and plays more physical, and, and scoring dries up, as you know, and like they might not win. So it might take a bit for Drew, and uh, I don't know what he's going to do as a UFA. So. Uh, it, the trade deadline's already shaping up to be, be very interesting, and I, uh, I think it, it, um, Chuck Fletcher can make a lot of, um, as you said, franchise-altering moves, Bill. So, um, Steph, any thoughts? I just don't think anything is going to happen for the next three weeks. I mean, you're not wrong, like, but but like, what moves will happen? Like, eventually, like, eventually, yeah, something like- will have to happen. And the the peripheral moves might begin to happen before that, like if Broussard's ever healthy again, stuff like that. Like the lower level guys with one year left on their deal, Martin Jones, shit like that can materialize. It's not like you're asking for big returns. There's not a ton of salary cap space teams have to free up to make it happen. So I think like between now and then, I, uh, the Drew trade I think is most likely to happen after the Nashville game, the Thursday before the deadline, because that's his thousandth game as long as he you know stays healthy between now and then. I think that's the most likely time period for it to happen. The other stuff, like Risto or whatever, that shit can happen at any point. Like Jones could go to Edmonton tomorrow. Like that yes. would not surprise me. Exactly. Like, like, it, it, like Edmonton's going to need to add a backup or a third goalie or whatever. So like Jones yeah, to Edmonton yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm saying Giroux. Giroux is not going to happen. Yeah. But, and I don't like in terms of negotiation, Steph, like it's best if it doesn't get no, teams scared exactly. that they're going to miss out. Exactly. That's why getting that's that's why getting the entire central division like in a tizzy. Yeah, like, that's why it's important because you just drive up prices. And then once people get desperate because other teams are starting to make moves, then you can get a lot and you can get that extra B plus prospect, that extra roster player. I mean, I understand the concept. Yes, I'm just saying there's probably not. I mean, it's been said that it's not true. So. Okay. Yeah, I just – all right, thanks a lot, Harris. Like, I mean, it's one guy saying it's true, one guy saying it's not. Like, there are – if your team can win the Stanley Cup, and, I like, I outlined the teams early in the season that I thought could do it, and now I'm adding a few more to that bucket. Like, if you're a team that can win the Stanley Cup and you can add Claude Giroux for, you know, under $4.5 million, and you're not interested – your general manager should be fired before the deadline because he's a fucking idiot. No, of course, of course, of course. I'm what I'm saying, and apparently I'm not saying it well. Is I'm the re- the report that is being refuted is that Claude Giroux and Chuck Fletcher have talked about waiving his no move clause specifically for the Avalanche. That is what is being refuted. And, like, the wording of that is very important. Like, if they've had a conversation and the point of the conversation was, hey, do you have, you know, any thoughts on maybe where you'd want to go? And Giroux's answer is, oh, you know, I'd, I'd waive it definitely to go to an elite team like Colorado, and then I'd think about the others. Then he hasn't said anything really, so it's technically not true. Sure. 
Right. Like he hasn't, if he hasn't said, I'll only go to Colorado and then that's the report, like then sure, it's not true. But they, if Chuck Fletcher hasn't had some sort of conversation, he needs to be fucking fired yesterday. Well, that's a, yeah. Right. Right. But Jack, Jack Conroy, Jack, you're live on the post game. What's up, guys? Uh, I'll, I'll switch it off, Drew, for a bit. Uh, Bill, I completely agree with your uh, statement about how this game stung him. It. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm so used to being numb to these losses. Uh, Crosby scoring that goal, I was like, all right, you know, we knew that was happening. Sure. Um, them blowing the four-two lead, I'm like. Yep, that's expected. Uh, they put out a tweet like "finish strong," and right as I saw it, uh, I was like, "Yep, they're gonna blow this." Uh, I mean, it's a miracle they even had the two-goal lead, and then overtime, uh, Giroux gives up. Latang scores, and it kind of put me in a trance. I like fell into like a quick depression. I was sitting there just staring at my uh, TV, just thinking about you know the Giroux situation. Uh, Crosby's smiling. I think he has like 50 goals against us. Like that's 10% of the goals in his career. That's insane against the Flyers. Um, it's, it's both wildly insane because I looked it up today. This was number 50. So he came into the game with 49. And the next closest was, I think, 38 or 39 against the Islanders. So like his production, his goal scoring, especially against the Flyers, blows everything else out of the water. And still, if you had just asked me a couple days ago, because like everyone's been talking about the numbers, you know, the last few days, but if you would ask me, I'd be like, oh, he has like 78 goals against the Flyers or something, like 120. Like <laughs> 50 somehow is a crazy number. And also, no, it's way more, right? Like it's <laughs> he's so fucking incredible. And it's it's hard to put it's something I want to get into tomorrow, Steph, with BSH, like because Drew and Crosby are so intertwined, like I want to get into Crosby a little bit tomorrow. And then, um, you know, uh, just, I don't even know when the last time Crosby didn't score against us, but back to, uh, you know, me sitting there watching my TV, I start thinking about Hextall in the, in the, in the box, probably with a huge grin on his face. And I'm just, there's, there's fumes coming out of my ears and, I don't even know why I get so worked up over this team, but uh, that's my story of the night. And I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, you guys have said this stuff, but like I looked at the the uh, injury report today and it is wild. I mean, there's like 12 guys on there. I, how is this medical staff like I, I know, you know, there's been some pressure put on them and, you know, whatever guys coming back too quick. But just seeing that is mind blowing to me. Uh, I don't know how, how these people are still employed. Same with the the development staff. Uh, You guys have said, yeah. uh, How have none of these picks turned out? Yeah, that's exactly right. How I I just want a clean slate here. I I just, I I hope Dave's got when he said, I want to bring in all these new people, please, because none of these prospects turning out the injury report, it's driving me bonkers. So it's, it's, Oh, it's I, I don't even have the words for how unfathomable the injury report is right now. Like how many how many guys are out with like long term injuries is crazy. Remember Nate Thompson? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I only see him on Twitter now. He's a Twitter yeah. ghost. All he does is rip Alex Appleyard, <laughs> which is like the most productive shit he's done in five years. But right. like, uh, uh, like if they allow, like speaking of, you know, the mishandling, like guys get hurt. Sometimes I think like, what's the medical staff supposed to do? Like guys get hurt. But like, if they allow Kevin Hayes to play this season, someone belongs in fucking jail. Oh, like, uh, wait, I want to talk about that tomorrow. That's going to be that's going to okay. be my opening line. So don't don't make me say it now. Yeah. All right. Don't use your joke up. I wouldn't I would never ask someone to waste their material. And Thank they you. and they act like it's like this huge, like a uh, debacle, like, oh, we don't know if Ellis uh, should come back or not or whatever. Just shut him down. Like, I don't get why yeah, like, it's what? huge, like debate of whether he should come back or not who cares like best case scenario these guys are healthy and then they help us win five games at the end of the year and we finish seventh instead of third to last like what why would we want this it's it's hard like they're either gonna get re-injured and not be ready to go or they're gonna help us win games we don't want to win at that point it's fucking asinine yeah just the fact like i by this point they've got to be like yeah you know the chances uh, we have no chance at playoffs, but just the fact they keep saying that, uh, I don't know what's going through their brain, and that, that that's it for me. I just hope we get Shane Wright and Connor Bedard, and they can save us. I, I don't know. Appreciate it, Jack. Yeah, it's uh, man, I what was tonight's? How many games do they have left? Oh God, too many, way too many. It's it's still insane that it's it's February fifteenth, so. The deadline is March 21st. Like, how? I, how is it a month and a week away? This know. is impossible. I Time is fake, but also this season has been 70 years long. It's like uh, the NFL advertised, like, oh, it's the biggest season ever. It's like, no, it's the longest. This oh. is the longest Flyers season. Maybe we're just not used to the 82 games because it's been a couple of years, but Jesus Christ, it's oh, never going to end. Harris just said Saravali tweeted Giroux and Av speculation. Oh, yeah, he lose. Oh, I'm looking it up. Thank you, Harris. All right. Uh, while you're doing that, we will bring in Matt J. Matt, you're live. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One second, Matt. Um, just, hold on, Matt. I just wanted to let Harris know I wasn't getting shitty with him. I was getting shitty with Bill. Yeah, of course. Everyone knows you're getting shitty I, with me, Steph. I know, People, but I wanted to say it out loud because I felt guilty. Hi, Matt. We love, we love the callers. We love the listeners. It's always me. Hey, guys. Uh, I, hey, Matt. I gotta, on, Matt? I got to agree with Bill. That game sucked. Uh, the reason why it's... Here's why I think it sucked. I knew they were going to lose. There was not one second where I thought they were going to win that game. So I'm sitting here thinking, don't don't go to overtime and get a point and maybe get my hopes up a little. Just get your asses kicked the whole goddamn game. Like, you know what I mean? I, I didn't get any entertainment value out of it when I knew it was still going to be a loss. Maybe that's just me. Uh, or maybe I'm just that sour just, on the season like- at this point. I am expecting and hoping they lose every game for the rest of the season. It was, but it was like an enjoyable game. They came out and played hard. They had good pace. Uh, like Giroux scores the goal. I, I just well, that's what I'm for saying. The first but if time in a long, for the first time in a long time, I cared about the outcome of a game, and I just wanted it. And like right. I haven't wanted a game in a while. But that's kind of what I'm saying. If you're gonna come out that way and play that way, then fucking win. 
win. Yeah, no, that's why I'm like upset. I don't need you. To, I don't. Well, I'm upset, that but it also loss. kind of feels good to be upset. Um, if that, you know, Bill, you said, and it didn't even dawn on me when the game was was happening. You said that that very well could be G's last game against the Penguins as captain. Uh, if that's not the depressing icing on the depressing cake, I don't, I don't know what is. Um, Ryan Ellis, yeah, I'm just kind of going random here, but Ryan Ellis, the guy's never going to be healthy. The guy's never stayed healthy. He's not young. That's not the way the human body works in a contact sport. You don't get older and start at playing full seasons where you don't miss games. So that's concerning. Um, and the previous caller mentioned, you know, Hextall over on the other side laughing it up as the Penguins are winning. That's a pretty funny thought kind of, but I don't actually really – blame Hextall for going to the Penguins so much? It's like the Flyers let him go. And yeah, I don't blame him for taking a job. I blame him for building a shitty team here. Sure, like that, sure. <laughs> like but he, I mean, built, he, he had nothing to do with the construction of that Penguins team and no, everything to do with the construction of this team. Like He lost tonight, as far as I'm concerned. His team lost. Yeah, it just you know, it makes me think of like how pissed off Penguins fans when Yager came to the Flyers. I, mean, I know that's just the way rivalries go, but yeah, I think of the Hextall thing. I think, eh, he got fired and he found a job. It is what it is. Like I'm, I'm more worried about the Flyers getting back on track and being relevant again, you know, than where Hextall is at this point. Sure. That's all I got. All right, appreciate it, Matt. Thanks a lot. Do you have something else on the deadline or trade stuff, Steph? Yeah, so Saravali said uh, that Giroux is in the process of working with his agent, Pat Brisson, to gauge potential interest. Still, you know, doesn't say that he's agreed to waive his no-move clause, but it does. he did say that. And I haven't heard anybody say those words in that order before, so that's new for me that's he's going to find the best situation for himself before he waves so that he ultimately gets to decide where he goes. And that's his right. Uh, I just hope there is a, there are enough contenders and there is a big enough pool and they're able to string enough other teams along that they get the best possible return. Yeah. Uh, it, Patrick, it, he, oh. he spoke. Um, so Sir Volley, like it was heavy blues speculation. Um, and not only because of Braden Shen, but obviously Craig Berube as well. Um, Man, that is interesting. Yeah. And I would love that for G. Imagine if fucking, oh my, no, I don't want to think about it right now. That's something I'll have all playoffs to think about after the trade. <laughs> the rest uh, of I, your <laughs> life to think about. <laughs> I might, is it too late to get into basketball? <laughs> uh, um, Patrick Reed Miller. Did you see oh. the Sixers tonight? I think it is. I didn't, no. Uh, Patrick Reed Miller. Patrick, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Hey, Steph. How's it going? What's going on tonight, Pat? Uh, well, I'm about to open my fourth big hazy and watch some uh, Olympic hockey. That's where I'm at at this point. Well, there you go. Olympic hockey is very good. I've been staying up because I have to. The men men's are about to play. And yep. I'm like, the schedule has been so weird. Not used to it, but I'm like, oh, they're on TV finally. But man, my original plan was to yell and scream like, oh my god, we stopped Crosby and his 500 goal, but the Flyers duped us in the third. I'm, I'm upset a little bit. That's, like, it's hard. I'm bummed, but also, like, they just, 
do not have enough good players as the train comes by. So, Steph, take over. But, uh, like, they just – how are they supposed to close out a game without – I uh, – you know, I, I, again, I'm not mad about it. I want them to lose, but I want it to be funny. I mean, this wasn't funny, but it was at least entertaining to watch. Like, that Justin Braun goal, that was funny. Nick Sealer goal, that was funny. That's oh my! Like, think about what it took to almost win. Goals from Justin Braun and Nick Sealer. Right? Like, this is funny. It's they funny. really might not win again. They might not win again. So let's. Where is their schedule? Let us all hold on. We're doing a therapy. Let us all just take a deep breath and remember that Nick Sealer scored tonight. Fucking Nick Sealer. Funny. The top ten of the of uh, the Flyers uh, top ten like no name defenseman team. Be like him, Bruno Gervais, Oliver Lordson. You know, he'll be on that list in five years. Remember Nick Sealer? Right. That that's exactly what it's going to be. While you know Jerry Mayhew is still on the team and is probably captain and also MVP in our hearts. You know what's really funny. Nick Sealer, with his one goal, has as many goals as uh, Keith Yandel. And Justin Braun has four fucking goals. <laughs> that third one shouldn't have counted tonight. Whatever it was. That was just, ugh. That was funny, though. Uh, Oliver Lordson did make the Olympic team with his brother, and they are a defensive pair. Yes. Oh, man, I loved Lordson. But I guess what I wanted to talk about is Claude Giroux. I guess I guess we're on Claude Giroux trade watch, and it's his right to decide where he goes, and honestly, like, I'm going to root for him wherever the hell he goes because, like, he's all I've known the past, like, I don't know, 10 or some years I've been a Flyers fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to root for him no matter what. I just It's just, just going to suck when he goes because, like, I feel like at the end of that second, he's like, guys, can I please just beat Pittsburgh one more fucking time? And it didn't happen. Yeah, I... Because I wanted it for him. I I wanted it for him. All right. From that lens, I understand. Like, and looking at their schedule, I just brought it up real quick, just to see maybe the next time they might win a game. So... Capitals, Hurricanes, Blues, Capitals, Loss, <laughs> Oilers, Wild, Blackhawks. Like Saturday, March fifth against the Blackhawks is the next time they have a chance to win a game. Oh, the sad part is I'm going to that game. I want the Marvel T-shirt. <laughs> I I honestly I saw tonight uh, or they started the the advertisement. They did the read for the. Iron Man shirt, and I was like, no fucking way are they putting out a Keith Yandel shirt, and then I saw it was a Marvel thing. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, this has disaster written all over it. Well, who cares? I want it, because I missed out on the... Yeah, yeah. No, that makes way more sense. That makes ten times more sense. I just was like, there's no way they're doing a Keith Yandel shirt. There's no <laughs> way. And then it that's not what it was, and I was very relieved that they're not that ridiculous but uh yeah i guess uh i guess uh i guess i'll end this on a positive note since we're on claude Giroux watch 
My favorite Claude Giroux memory, recent, I went to the stadium series when he scored the OT winner. Oh, it was so fucking good. It was. Everybody in my section, I high-fived everybody. I said, let's fucking go. Fuck the Penguins, even though it was a shitty season. So I'll always have that, but yeah. That was a thing of beauty. I was in I was in the press box at the link, and, you know, like you're supposed to be. Claude Giroux memories because we're on Claude Giroux watch. That's mine. I hope you all have more, and that's all I got, basically. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, Steph, I do want to do more uh, G, like, especially G against the Penguins stuff and that. The the outdoor game Oh yeah. Is I I was that's way up there. Yeah. So I was in the press box, right? And you know, you're supposed to be neutral. You're not supposed to be a fan or, or make any noise. But when Juru scored, like everyone cheered. It was like a real silent, oh. like muted cheer, but it was definitely a cheer. I was in the NovaCare box, hammered. And all these Penguins fans were leaving, and I was just yelling shit. And there's, like, you know, people from, you know, my other job at Odyssey and, like, the NovaCare people. And they're all they, – like, they were laughing. They thought it was funny. But I was, like, scream. That was – that's the most recent fun Flyers memory. I guess the, the bubble and uh, the, bubble. the bubble. winning the series, that was all fun. Yeah, yeah. Doing that, that for fun. Wayne Simmons, though, was maybe the – that was the best memory we have over the last, like, four or five years, I'd say. Probably, yeah. All right, let's see who we have left. Uh, Chris Madamba. Chris, you're live. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just want to say, and I, and I don't think this is actually true, but I want to believe it, that Drew dove in overtime saying, fight my shine metal ass. You know, you let them score right after I scored. Fuck it. <laughs> Maybe. I, yeah, I, think I, <laughs> I would love that, personally. I think this, he's got to have so much pent-up rage with his team, how, how they screwed him over the last few years. That There's, there's got to be something. But when he's like, you know what? I'm done with his team. I'm on my way out. Let me just fuck with them this one time. Yeah, Sorry, I I'm, like- I'm I'm busy talking about Braden Shen and Claude Giroux lifting a Stanley Cup together. Oh, with Craig that, that Berube as coach, nice. that really makes me want to jump off the fucking Walt Whitman. I'm sorry. That is why I'm distracted because that's, you know, that is both my happy place and the deepest pit of hell. I mean, I we can say so that... We can say that Craig Berube cut his teeth here. He couldn't have succeeded in in um, St. Louis without failing here first. So we'll just stick to that. I bet Browns fans take a lot of solace in that when they think about Bill Belichick. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, way to turn it down a couple notches. <laughs> no. I don't want Claude Giroux to leave. I want him to stay and that's my final say. I want a house made I mean, of candy and blowjobs, but like some things just ain't going to happen. I mean, how likely is it that he goes away, wins his cup, and then comes back in the offseason? How would a house of blowjobs even work? You just you just walk around and wherever you, like every wall. Anyway, 
Sorry, I... Anyway, exactly. It doesn't work. It's, it's fake just... nonsense, Steph. Okay. Anyway, right. okay. I believe that the idea that Giroux will come back is realistic until he actually leaves and gets a taste of being out, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, it's, uh, you know, Shawshank Redemption. Get, get busy living or get busy dying. Like, but, Brooks okay. killed himself, and then... The other guy, Morgan Freeman, was like, nah, I'm going to fucking Mexico, and I'm living it up for the rest of my life. I feel like Giroux, once he gets out, is like, you mean I can get busy living? Yeah, I'm doing that. But hold on. He would have to take a massive pay cut to sign a contract here next season. Why would he do that when he could probably get more money elsewhere? Long term. Maybe they give him seven years. Oh, yeah. Term where he takes the hometown discount to stay with family. Yeah, maybe. I just, you know, I'm living in my fantasy world. We talked about this <laughs> last week or the week before. I don't want him to go. Anywhere. And we will be talking about it every week until it happens, Steph, because there's very little else interesting going on with this team. I know. I mean, a two-goal lead in the third period tonight was the most fun we've had in goddamn two months. Yeah, I also think he's fiercely loyal to this team for some reason or another. So he, he might want to come back at a discount. I Because they're going to do this stupid aggressive retool thing, like perhaps they could make it work, but I, it just feels over. Like th- this era is over, and it was a failure, and it's a damn shame, and it's best for everybody to just go in separate directions. I wish that wasn't the case. But it is. So that might be exactly why he comes back, because we're not allowed to have nice things. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, we are not allowed to have nice things. But I think you're right, Bill. I think I think you're right. This era is over. Like, And Giroux's the last one. Yeah. That's Jake's gone. Wayne's gone. Even, like, Shen. Like, oh, it's it's over, man. Like, Shen, yeah. Kimo, Hartnell. Yeah. Hartnell's in the fucking broadcast booth. Like, it's been a long time. And thanks a lot, Chris. We appreciate it. It's like, it's over. It, it didn't work. I wish it did. I wish they built the team around him. Even, not even a cup. Like, just a couple of runs with this guy would have been fucking awesome. But we didn't get it. So, this is something that I struggle with a lot because, you know, my entire tenure as a Flyers fan has been Claude Giroux's career. <laughs> like that's, yeah. Um, so I like, I don't know this team without him, which is probably why I'm leaning fully into my delusions, but it's, it's very uncomfortable to me. And I don't know if people realize just how bad this team is going to be without him. Like th- I mean, bad, with him, yeah, there's there's no way that you can replace Claude Giroux even with two solid roster players. Like you're just not going to be able to replace him. So no, like I, even you can replace his production and still like you need something else still. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be emotional. Like which, I am which going I think, to. I think, I think, and again, I think. It it could be that he does not go. Like they may not want to trade him 
I don't see how there's any way. I like that's just organizational malpractice. But what you if, can't say you can't if, say we're going to aggressively retool and then run it back. Like listen, that's not retooling. Listen. That's trying the same failed experiment again. Okay, but what if they trade Kachuria instead? If they could get out of that fucking Kachuria contract, like awesome. That's what I'm cool. like. Again, I have absolutely no idea. And I don't think that that's a good idea either. I think that if you can keep one of the two, you obviously keep Sean Couturier. But I don't even know if that's how I feel at this point. I'd rather franchise legend, Sean, uh, Air, uh, Jesus, Claude Giroux. I almost said Sean Couturier and then Eric Lindros. But oh, I, like, I just think they can't accomplish. Maybe someone out there does value Couturier the way he should be valued, but now that he needs fucking back surgery, like, he ain't Jack Eichel. Let's get to our last caller, Steph, because me and you are going to do this again in 12 hours. Oh, my God, we are exactly 12 hours. Yeah. Mr. 60, 69, you're our last caller tonight. Uh, First, shout out to the uh, Flyers for managing to kick me in the dick again tonight. Somehow a team that I want to lose loses and they still piss me off. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's definitely the best way to describe it. But uh, going back to that, uh, I guess, the Drew trade rumors, I think you guys are both right in different aspects. Um, Colorado is definitely probably the number one landing spot for G. I definitely think St. Louis is quite interesting. But I do think, Steph, you're right with, like, why would – that specific reporter get the information. I mean, no slight to him, but he's not like a known like Elliot Friedman or like a top tier guy that would seem more connected, if that makes sense. He was the guy who literally last year in the playoffs to McKinnon was like, Are you ever like fuck it? Or what whatever it was. Do you I just Oh I my god. It's it that guy? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Adrian Dater, yeah. Oh my god. All right. So yeah, there I I don't know if there's any credibility to it then. Um, I that, do think that's I, more I what could... I'm saying. Like, yeah, <laughs> like mm, this isn't even borderline. Like this, mm, not this guy. Yeah, so maybe the, he I, has one friend in the org. Like, I, you know, maybe he has <laughs> one friend in the organization. Like, information comes from stupid fucking places sometimes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like McKinnon just setting them up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so funny. I'm gonna go with that. Um, but yeah, here's like my, like for the return for Drew, like, I mean, like what, what he was saying for the return for Drew, don't get me wrong. Like Baron's like a good player. I don't see him as like a number one defenseman, but like if we were to like, say if you're like the Washington capitals and you were trading Nick Backstrom at the trade deadline and your return was Cam York, Morgan Frost, and maybe like a, the 32nd overall pick. Would you consider that like a great haul for Nick Backstrom? Negative. No. So like I, I, I don't see like I don't see like the Flyers getting a trade done unless it's like there's a, like an A plus prospect coming back for him. Yeah. Um the blues, I, I honestly like I to get in like G's mindset as well, like I don't see him going to the wild because like I mean they're a great story this year, but like I feel like if you're going to go somewhere, it's going to be like a Colorado, a Tampa, or like a St. Louis, a place that's gotten it done before, or like Colorado that's almost like that's knocking on the door to get it done. And and also, you know, these guys don't like moving around by themselves very much. Like we know that he's got 
connections to St. Louis and Colorado. Does he know anyone that's in Minnesota? Yeah, I don't think he's hitting up Ryan Hartman. Ryan Hartman, going yeah. Up there. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Hartman. No, I just like, I think for this specific, because he's going to choose his new home this offseason, like this is just a couple-month mercenary trip somewhere. And eventually, I think he's going to, like, everyone wants a shot. Like, even if it's not, yeah, like Colorado and Tampa, they have the best shot, you know, Carolina, Florida, those teams. But eventually, he's going to say, I want a shot somewhere. And I'd prefer him go to one of those elite teams, but it might not work out that way. And I think he'd rather play in the playoffs than not. Yeah, I think Friedman said in his um, 31 Thoughts this evening um, that Florida could be a, a destination. That would be I'd enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be a, a great place for him as well. But, yeah, going back to the game, there's, like, one – I mean, honestly, like, I after that Crosby goal, did you guys catch, like, how physical the Flyers actually played? It almost reminded me of, like, I guess, like, back when the Flyers had Simmons and, like – how and Shen and like how physical they used to be and like hard to play against. This looked I mean, like a prime rivalry game, just in terms of the pace and like the attitude of the game. And that's what made it enjoyable. Like it seemed like for one night they threw it back. It was fun. It was a fun game. I'm not discounting that. I just think the the result was the worst possible scenario. They did not win, and they still got a point, which is fucking ridiculous. Even if they lose in a shootout, it's the same number of points in the standings. It's bad. Right, but we would have had to sit through a shootout. That's true. And well, we know what the result result of that was going to be. But um, I like where was that energy all year? Like, why haven't we seen any of that at all, like, at all this season? Well, you know why? It's because Ristolainen was out. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know whether I could have added – I could have added a lot more sarcasm into that, actually. Um, But I'm I'm sure that we will be seeing somebody somewhere saying that tomorrow, that, oh, well, the physical guy was out, so everyone had to step up their game. I just I think no that idea. this one, I <laughs> like what I liked about this game was that it seemed important to them. Like the season has been over for two months now, basically. And, you know, it's Crosby's 500th. They're playing the Penguins. It's G's last Penguins game as Flyers captain. Like it seemed important. And that's why it was important to me. Yeah. I 100% it agree. It feels like, it also feels like, um, this was the first game in a while that they faced a crowd with animosity, right? I, I'm trying to yeah. think because yeah. there Penguins. haven't been a lot of fans in, in games in the past couple of seasons. And Regardless I of heard a lot of booze tonight. Like, could could there be something too? Well, there was energy in the arena. Definitely. Regardless of place in the standings, Penguins fans want to beat the Flyers, and there was something extra with this game because it was, you know, Crosby's 500th goal. Like this was a, for a mid February game between a playoff team and a dreadful fucking team. This was as strong of a atmosphere as you can get. Bill for the outline tomorrow, throw something, just something on there about crowd energy. All right. I want to, I want to think about it and talk about it more tomorrow. 
I appreciate all the content you guys are uh, turning out and you guys definitely have a difficult job over the next, what, three, four months of doing this. Forever the season's and ever. Until we die. <laughs> Thanks a lot, 60. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a lot better than like working for a living. So, this is my work for a living. I know, exactly. I'd much rather, as mad as the Flyers make me, I'd rather do this than like go to the salt mines. Yeah, that's the true. content mines are much easier. Your boss is pretty cool, too, from what I hear. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> all right steph that's all i have do you have anything else for tonight before we wrap it up because i just finished my latest beer that i have here no i just i had fun tonight and i'm real bummed that other people didn't but now, what i i think people had fun and that's why it was disappointing like i said at the top of the show even though they lost and it to me was the worst case scenario like I enjoyed caring about the outcome of a game and it's probably the last time all year I'm going to care about the outcome of a game. I would like to beat Ottawa. They play them once or twice. You know how I feel about fucking Ottawa. But other than that, like uh, this is basically it in terms of outcomes that I am hoping the Flyers come out on the strong side of. And it was an entertaining game. Would have been nice to see a fight or two, but yeah, it was physical. There was a good atmosphere and uh, listen, they just lost again for the, you know, 40th fucking time this year. And we're about to do an hour 20 on it, you know? So uh, this is as good as it gets for us this year up until like <laughs> trade deadline shit starts happening. Like that's it. Like now it's just, we're waiting for the trade deadline. Now I'm, I'm totally disconnected from the outcome of the game. Like, even though it was a fun game tonight, I could not have given a shit less. And that is all the time we have for you on the BSH Radio post game. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Steph, thank you as always for jumping in. It's a lot of fun when you come in. Uh, I think the listeners really enjoy the uh, the cameos and your run-ins. I, I actually love tuning in right after the game before I start my next bout of work. Like I've got to watch Olympic hockey now. And Yeah, you got the Olympics coming up now the olympics now so this is it's a nice little breather i love hanging out thanks for having me you got it and i will uh i will see you on zoom in about 12 hours and until then everybody uh yeah we'll be back with bsh radio tomorrow but thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out for steph driver my name is bill Matz. till next time have a great week everybody what is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.